clothes back on? Negatory. Um, what do I have to put my clothes back on for? Shut up and sit down. The red flag is a small thing you notice in someone else's behavior that's symptomatic of a bigger problem. Trouble is that oftentimes a red flag can be hard to pick up on because red flags aren't only what someone does, they can also be what they don't do. A low tier red flag is something that's probably bad, but not necessarily a complete deal breaker. Mid tier red flags. These are a bit more serious and are usually harder to overcome or talk about. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duren. That is a giant red flag, but don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Alright, next is high tier red flags. These are the ones that are complete deal breakers and are pretty much always non-negotiable. Assuming you start with a blank white flag, at the lowest level we have red and white flags, which are just small quirks or inconsistencies that aren't bad, just kinda weird. Things like they don't lick the yogurt off the lid, they use Internet Explorer, they hold the door open for you as soon as they see you park your car, or they're apologetic even if something is your fault. Basically, if it can be explained with, oh, Canadian. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Duren, and I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler! <laughs> here for your viewing pleasure. Oh, you can't see my pretty face today. Thank God. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, we, uh, we're in a special location. Where are we, Lance? We are. We are in Tucson, Arizona at some strange, giant 12-acre complex that we uh, rented on VRBO for our team training camp. Does this complex have a name? I kept looking for one, and uh, as of yet, I don't think so. I it's think it's the... Lola's house is what it's we Lola's... should call it. Oh, there you go. Lola's... Lola is the, uh, is the cow. Um, in the pasture in the back, who yes. is extremely friendly. <laughs> hilarious cow. She's a hilarious cow. I, I went out there on your high recommendation, walked up to the, the fence of the stable and said, Lola, come here, Lola. She saw me. She got all excited. And she galloped across the stable. She came over and started licking me and giving me like like cow hugs and stuff. It was yes. amazing. So it's pretty, yeah. Cool. Lola's cool. Who are we here with today, Lance? Uh, we've got some of our teammates here for uh, training camp. Uh, we're just going to go around the room and you're going to introduce yourself. All right, so to Lance's right, we've got... And this is Chris Surratt. We've talked about Chris before. And this is John Hatfield. John Hatfield, and John Hatfield to his right is... Tim Niles. Tim Niles, and finally, we've got... Unfortunately, Dan Beal. Dan Beal. Who <laughs> well, invited Dan to this show? I'm not sure. <laughs> Very cool. So we're at our uh, little cycling training camp down here in Tucson, Arizona, and uh, we're about, what, two-thirds of the way through the camp? We've got two more riding days left to go. Yeah, we have six days of riding. Is that what we planned? Yeah, six days of riding. We are four days through it with two more days to go. How many yes. miles you got? How many hours you got? I'm at Stats. 220, 220 miles in four days. Okay. And what is that? I'm like 12 and a half hours. I, I should know this. I think everybody I'm else. 12 and a half hours. With everybody else, with the exception of uh, the guy sitting here, right, Mr. Chris Rett, is yeah. uh, about the same. Chris, for some ungodly reason, what are you doing every day just about? I decided it'd be a really good idea to just do a century every day. I did a recovery century today. <laughs> so, Wait, what was your TSS for a recovery century? I did about 200 on my recovery century. 200 TSS <laughs> on your yeah, Like you century. do. So I am at 380 miles and change and a little over 20 hours. 
Oh my gosh. So you've got a plan though. I mean, you're, you're in full on training mode. You've got some pretty big races on the calendar this year. Why don't you let everybody know what you uh, got up your sleeve? Yeah, I, uh, I might've gotten in over my head a bit, but I'm doing a Belgian waffle ride, California, unbound gravel, uh, SBT gravel, uh, the Swift summit 200. And then, you know, all the big Obra gravel stuff, high cascade 100. So God. All the mountain bike races, all, all the, the mountain bike races. races. Oh yeah, a yeah, bunch of ten-hour races. Yeah, I've got some time trialing, some five or races. six hours, five or six races that are going to be seven hours plus. So <sighs> this is the perfect opportunity to get some big volume in. Yeah. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, this week we're going to cut right to the chase. This isn't going to be the, the full-blown Monty that you got here uh, where we're doing the whole Champ Bailey thing. We left him at home. We Yeah, we are sitting on the patio of Lola's place, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so we are just kind of winging it. Yeah, well, not winging it. we we got a plan here. So <laughs> We're winging it. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a couple first-timers here. We've got some people that have been doing this for a few years, and we've got people that like to go off and do crazy adventures, and this is kind of falls into that, that whole jurisdiction of this is a crazy adventure. I mean, not everybody spends a full entire week of going out and riding every single day, big monstrous miles with a bunch of big efforts and, you know, basically crushing themselves, probably coming back about twice what they would normally put in in a week, sometimes even three times as yeah. much of what they would put in a week. So probably easily. I wanted to get like a full spectrum, like breakdown of this. And first and foremost, let's, let's kind of talk about what our full plan is for the week how you're feeling so far, Lance, and then how this compares to training camps of past. Oh, um, well, our full plan was roughly 320 miles, 350 miles. I don't know. I think it was more than that. It was over 400, 400. wasn't it? Maybe it was 400. Yeah, I, I didn't look at it that closely. I just look at the next day. Yes, that's right. That's true. Um, yeah, we had planned to do six hard days of riding, or actually five hard days of riding. Today was supposed to be easy. It was... Mostly Qu- easy. easy. It was quasi easy. It was dialed ride easy. Uh, but yeah, that was the plan to do some big efforts. Uh, we are in Tucson, Arizona, and one of the big climbs in Tucson is Mount Lemon, which is a 5,000 foot climb with in roughly 21 miles, like 21 miles and 5,000 feet. So that was, yeah, that was part of the draw and coming to Tucson. Plus, the weather is great in March. And there's. Oh, yeah. Side note here every single day, the temperature has been 72 degrees. Yes. And sunny <laughs> and beautiful. It's been perfect. The yeah, weather's can't been complain. great. Not a bit. So, no complaints there. So, that was the plan. Get some big miles, ride with your friends, do nothing but ride and eat and sleep. And yep. that's kind of what we've been doing all week. And this is year five of doing this. And we have a really good idea of what to expect and how we're going to acclimate to this as we go through the course of a whole week. But there's some people sitting across the table that are probably still wondering what they got themselves into. Yeah, you would think, I mean, when you do this many days and, you know, this many miles in a week, you kind of think, I'm just going to completely blow apart. But you don't actually when all when you're not worrying about work or family or you're not worrying about anything else and you're just riding and eating and sleeping, your body acclimates a lot more than you kind of think. So you wake up on day five and you realize, I'm, I can actually ride for four hours today and I'm going to be okay. Okay, so Tim and, and Dan, I got a question for both of you. Just a little softball question. Coming into this, 
what were you thinking? What were like you probably had some nerves about this? And I know that Dan's done some writing stuff, and I know you've done some writes, but I know that Tim specifically hasn't done anything near this big before. What were your thoughts coming into this, and what were some of the concerns that you had? Uh, biggest concern for me was I have only done a couple weeks in my life of more than ten hours, so it's it's very rare for me. I have a hard time fitting more than a couple hours a week in. Sure. And you, have a, you have a busy job and kids. Yep. Yeah. Busy job, young kids. Yeah. So I, I some some weeks I I get like the maybe the Tuesday night ride for an hour and a half. That's all I get for the whole week. It's pretty common. Which completely blows my mind because of how strong you are on the bike. So it, my, I always think to myself, like, my God, if this guy can find consistent 10-hour weeks, nobody's going to keep up with him. It's well, I mean, <laughs> it would be nice if I could. But that's one of the reasons I came here is not only to hang out and have good weather. Sure. Um, also do rides I haven't done because sure. I haven't done very many. But also to get more, um, more, more time in. On the bike. Gotcha. Because so, to build the base fitness, because so, that's what I'm lacking the most. Is gotcha. Base. So you were nervous coming into this, not quite sure how your body was responding. Now we're about 60-ish percent the way through. we got two more days of riding. How are you feeling? I mean, we'll see tomorrow, but because uh, <laughs> the recovery ride today was mostly easy. Yeah. So I'm okay on that. Um, but uh, on the Mount Lemon climb, I definitely couldn't put the power up that I could normally do for two hours, but that's because the buildup of you know, a couple of days of strain, but I still got through it and yeah. it was, it was still a blast. Yeah. And again, for those people who have never heard of Mount Lemon or have never done Mount Lemon before, it is 20 consecutive miles of climbing with really no reprieve in there. There's a couple spots where it like levels out to almost zero for maybe 20 seconds, 10 seconds, something like that. But for the most part, it's about a four and a half to 5% gradient when it kicks up to about six or seven sometimes. And it's nonstop climbing for, you know, depending upon how fast you are, anywhere from like an hour and a half to two and a half hours, depending upon what your, your physical fitness is. So that's a hard climb, especially if you're trying to keep up with a pile of people. Good yeah, job. <laughs> it was, it was, it was definitely a struggle. Um, okay. This guy Good. did a little better. Dan, what, what were your thoughts coming into this? Um, I've, I've maybe done a little bit more riding. I've, I've done STP a few times. I know what 10 hours in a saddle feels like. Yeah. But I figured I'd blow up on Tuesday. Seriously. I did not think I'd make it through the week. I figured Tuesday would be like when my legs go, you know what, guy? We're done here. Let's, okay. let's take a day. But tell me, you, we did Mount Lemon on day three. Yeah. And so you felt like you would blow up on day two. Yeah. How did Mount Lemon go for you? Um, you know, at some point, the legs just start to feel mechanical. They stop resisting. That's all I can. That's the way I describe it. That's a really good point. That's that's what happens on these training camps. Is something magical happens to your body? It's just it like just gives in. It's like all right, I I, I surrender. I give up. Just don't punish me that bad. You know. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. If you keep throwing water and nutrients at it, it just keeps doing the thing. The human body is an amazing thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things just start, kind of roll together faster than you think. So what what were you expecting more than that? Um, I really wanted to take a week to just come out and ride. Um, Tucson looks like a really beautiful area. It is a beautiful area. Um, and it's nice to just be in a place other than cold, rainy Portland area for a while and just get out and ride and put in big miles and just enjoy it. And it's so much easier with a team around you, I think. Uh, a lot of my it, rides are solo. Yes, it, it ha we have had... We've had SAG support all week, which is, it makes the riding easier. You can do longer rides because yeah. my lovely wife, Brandy, joined us, and she's driving the adventure van around, and 
she's there for us to fill water bottles and give us things. So. Always a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, it's it's always <laughs> like like a sweet relief when you come around in the corner and you're like, oh, there's the van, and there's ice cold cokes in that freezer, and I'm gonna have one. It's it's good that you point out where she's gonna be because mentally. There's there's uh, checkpoints you can you can kind of shoot for if you're feeling weak if you're feeling tired you're like well I got, I got three more miles and then and then there's I get the water band. yeah yeah <laughs> gotcha all right I got a question for John Hatfield so if you want to pass the mic over to John John so far how does this training camp compare to years past yeah it's an interesting question um, I was I was not so sure when we decided to come to Tucson to tell the truth um, I, just I was in the same boat just because. The environment's so different here, right? It's drier. It's it's uh, it's hotter for a good part of the year. Yeah, not, it's not, a little bit of elevation too, time. and a little bit higher elevation. Dry, yeah, the, yeah, the air. And and the 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 terrain is just different, right? It's yeah. it's uh, you got one big climb here, and you got a lot of stuff that's not that that's that's not as as uh, certainly that's flatter. But um, you know, in San Diego, we've gone to the last three years in a row. Um, there's a lot of really punchy, short climbs that are really, really pretty tough. I yeah, mean, they you're just talking punch about in the gut, yeah. 15, 18% climbs for a quarter mile, a half mile, maybe maybe longer. I, I walked a few times last year, <laughs> which is embarrassing. <laughs> and so here, you know, you got Mount Lemmon, which is, which is 5% climb, but it's for 20 miles. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's funny what you were saying about with uh, looking forward to where Brandy was in the in the van because, I quite honestly, I was I was hurting the first part of the climb uh, yesterday as well. I, I uh, first couple of days, even though there wasn't a whole lot of climbing, we went fairly hard in a lot part a lot of parts of it. And that first part of Lemon, I was I was looking forward to the van. I was like, okay, she's going to be at mile 14. That's that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna refuel up. And a funny thing happened once, once I got to her and I got fueled up, and it cooled off when we got that high. Right, we got up to around I remember that six thousand feet exactly. at that point. I think we it came was. out a corner. We were looking to the west. We got hit with a little bit of a west wind. The wind came in a little bit. The temperature yep. dropped down yep. a couple degrees. It's like bye, John. <laughs> See and, you later, buddy. And Jake and I took off from the van together, and I felt good at that point, and I just I just started going. But I, I mean. It was fun. It, it's it's a it's a good climb. It's yeah. a it's a really good climb. We we may do it again in a couple of days just just for kicks. <laughs> you know what's even better than the climb, the descent. The descent was <laughs> the, the descent was amazing. Uh, I mean, okay, so if you've ever descended Haleakala, Haleakala, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's that's an incredible descent, and it, and it's a little longer. It's about a ten thousand foot descent. This is what six. And you got the ocean in front of you too. So, so I don't think you can really compare that to almost anything else. But this was pretty close. I mean, this yeah. is you, this you're descending for over 30 minutes, right? And the the turns are big, sweeping turns. That you can take them at speed. You really, if you have to feather the brakes at all, that's it. You don't have to. You you, you don't want to grab a handful at all in these things. Um, yeah, yeah. The descent is descent is incredible of of Mount Lemmon as well. So. I don't. Uh, I don't think I touched my brakes once <laughs> for the entire thirty-three minutes and twenty-five seconds it took me to get down the hill. I kind of tried to rip it as fast as I could. Yeah. So, quick question then: If we're <clears throat> Haleaka, I, I can't take that away from you. And I've I've gotten halfway up it. I had to turn around, I had to abort because it was too windy. So I did get to see some of the descent, which was yeah. fun. But um, of the training camps that we've done, we've done Mount Lemmon now. Mm-hmm. We've done Montezumas. 
um, coming down into yes. the Anzabrego yes, Desert, yes. and then down we came off of Springs. Crystal Mountain, uh, the, yep. the Glendora yep. Mountain. Crystal Mountain descent was insane too. Which one of those three is your favorite? Mm, that's a good question. Borrego Springs is pretty incredible because you, again, you can see that whole valley out in front of you yeah. as you're going down that whole thing, right? It's just it that descent is steeper than Lemon. Yeah. So you you pick you're up going 50, you pick up not speed, 45. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and the other funny thing about that one is that you. You know, it's pretty cold at the top of that one too, because you're it's up chilly at four thousand yeah. at least feet, maybe maybe, maybe higher. Is it? I can't remember what the top yeah. of that thing is, but you descend down into that valley where it's just. <laughs> you feel those pockets of warm air you coming do. over you. You're really, like, oh, you wow, really that do. It's kind of nice, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. thinking in the back of your head, I got to ride in that down there pretty soon. <laughs> That's gonna be a bummer. Yeah, Borrego Springs is pretty rough once you get down there and start riding in it, but the descent is into that. It's amazing, thing is incredible. Yeah. I, I, which one's your favorite, Lance? Uh, you know, I I love the fact I didn't have to touch my brakes the entire way down <laughs> Lemon. I, that is traffic dependent. Um, maybe I should have touched my brakes. <laughs> um, but uh, that that Montezuma uh, grade coming down in Borrego Springs, I, I can't. I I remember not being able to peel the smile off my face for <laughs> several minutes after because me and Jake and beef mountains were racing it we were going so hard and so fast it it was a good time that 10 miles i think was the highest mp i had of that entire ride yeah, that day downhill <laughs> and that's including climbing back up into julian so yeah. we were hammering that that was fun it was fun cool what do you think chris what do you think about this whole training camp this week what are your takeaways thus far you know for for big guy this terrain's amazing for me. You know, there's there's some climbs, but yes. they're all they're all pretty steady and you know, no nothing punchy. Um, you know, lemon is right in my wheelhouse. It's just a slow, steady grind. Um, yep. Nothing steep. I I'd planned to try and beat Lance, but <laughs> but I I caught him with like <laughs> four miles yeah. to go. Ended up in a dead tie. We ended up in a dead tie. Yeah. You know, the first first. <laughs> I dropped him in the first three or four miles, and I thought he was just done. I just kind of ground up the hill, and I got into these two two guys from Minnesota, and I, I passed one, and then I was passing the other one. I hear somebody come up behind me, and I thought, well, it's just the other guy from Minnesota. And I turn around, and there's this guy's ugly smile just <laughs> staring back at me. Taking oh. pictures of Chris's butt again. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um centuries every day every day except lemon yeah. except lemon which was still a five-hour day or something yeah, like it was that four and a half hours four and a half yeah. hours yeah yeah it's uh i needed something to do how are you feeling i mean are, are you you know i surprisingly don't feel too bad you know my my legs are tired but i haven't i haven't cramped yet i'm sleeping well so I wish I could say the same <laughs> on all fronts. <laughs> I think I threw a tie rod, I threw a gasket, I threw all kinds of things. My, my right leg's falling apart right now. Oh, So for training camps, we've we've done these before. The, the mm -hmm. new guys still don't understand the backside of that. What do you guys typically get out of a training camp like this? Uh, I get a, a huge fitness bump. You know, I, I kind of taper up to this all winter, but this is where I really get my, my big solid base for the season. You know, I do – a lot of races and this is kind of gives me that base that i can lean on all year mm. so it's it's huge for me and it makes a lot of things feel easier when you come out and you do centuries every day for a week oh yeah yeah no problem <laughs> yeah what about you john what do you usually take away from a training camp yeah just 
like Chris said, the, the bump is, is huge. At the, I mean, and this is the perfect time of year for it too. Some people go a little earlier. Uh, some people say, oh, we should go later so that we can go to, you know, someplace like Colorado or somewhere where it's, you know, you couldn't really go there this time of year. But um, doing it this time of year is really fits into my schedule well because, uh, you know, there's a lot of gravel races coming up soon. And, and uh, April, May, June, uh, those, those, that's right when those races are all hitting. And so you get a week or so to rest after, after training camp, and then you just go out and hit those things hard. Um, as soon as as soon as the camp is over, so you get so. a big physiological bump, but I also think there's a huge like mental bump there as well. It just kind of gives you that mental confidence of like, all right, yeah, I mean, I just got done doing this big crazy week of a ton of hours, a ton of miles, and then you start thinking about like, oh, that hundred mile you know gravel bike race that has been like daunting, staring at me, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. You're like, oh yeah, I, I did that Tuesday, that one day, you know, when yep. I was riding with Surratt out there at uh, the old training camp with the Dowd guys. So. Yep, that's a that's yep. a nice component there. Yep, that's, that's one one of the things I really like too is you you get this pack riding experience that's hard to get. It, it's it's more like race like pack race experience where you get more comfortable riding close to somebody and what wheels to follow and what not to follow and how hard you need to go just to close that gap just to stay on. You get this pack racing like practice. The other thing. That's great about a camp like this is just learning fueling strategy. What fueling works best for you, you know, because y'all know what happens when you screw up your fueling strategy for a race. It goes downhill quickly, and and just learning, you know, what kind of fueling it's going to take to get through a five-hour race or a six-hour race is definitely beneficial. And having Brandy in the van to kind of play with that and toy with that is certainly helpful. Do you all find yourself training to go to training camp? <laughs> Seriously, that's a good question. You know, I, I usually do bump it up a little bit before training camp. This year, this year has just been pretty horrendous for me, and and my training actually went down over the last month leading up to training camp through no no planning on my part for that to happen. It just, just life, life happened, and, yep. and that's just that's just what what, what occurred. So. I was actually pretty concerned coming into this camp and uh, just with my level because, because uh, you know, my number of hours per week has been pretty, pretty weak the last few, the last month or so here. But in any event, you know, I think Dan was saying about it, you just, your legs just kick in at some point and you just, and you think, oh God, I'm not going to be able to do this after two, two or three days. And you can, you can just keep going. You can just, you, as long as you feel, as long as you sleep, as long as you, listen to your body and yeah. don't and don't try to overdo it but you 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 will be able to keep going key component listen to your body yeah <laughs> that's why i'm having a, a little internal debate with mine right now but we'll, we'll see who wins at the end of the week that's <laughs> uh, always a crappy time um lance you got any questions for these boys before we move on uh let's let's move on to uh these guys dan and tim Right, I know you've got something brewing in your head, Dan. Well, I, here's, here's my concern, and uh, I think it maybe it dovetails with what else you might discuss. When, when I return home from camp, uh, I've got all this great fitness, and then it's a few weeks before we start racing, and I want to stay fit all the way through to race season. Once you get there, you know, you're going to hammer, but uh, I want to be able to retain this week. I don't want to do all this work and then have it kind of go away. 
you're going to go through a cycle. I mean, you're not going to be able to get to peak fitness and then hold it. You're still going to have like your, 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 your period, your blocks where you're going to have to, you know, ride that wave as long as you can. There's going to be a recovery phase through there. And the, the process, the thought process there is that, yeah, you're going to taper down a little bit that recovery through that recovery process, but you're going to give your body the time it needs to repair itself so that you can hit it strong again. So it yeah. becomes really important to, to make sure that you're following a structured program and really understanding what races you're going to be your key races, what races are going to be your B races that you're going to maybe use for training purposes, kind of like a training camp where you're going to go out and crush. Um, but knowing that your goal isn't to necessarily win, but to build fitness for your A race. So really at the end of the day, like finding a program that's going to work well for you, that works with your schedule and the amount of hours that you can put in and knowing your body and what it responds to, um, that's going to be a great way. It, you're definitely going to see your fitness come down after this week because what you're doing this week isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Well, for most of us that, that aren't named Lance Hepler that <laughs> think he's a tour pro now, but, um, but yeah, that, that, Clear that doesn't work for me because I fall apart every year. So, <laughs> so man, lesson learned. <laughs> so yeah, just, um, you know, and that, that's another thing that's great about training camps is that you come together with all these like-minded people that all have the same passion that you have, that all like to do what you're doing, that have some of them a wealth or a mountain of experience, pick their brains, learn from them, just uh, figure out what they're doing with their training programs, how they're resting, how they're recovering, what they're doing to get prepped and ready for a season or what they're basically doing to maybe like a Chris rat jumping from race to race to race so that, um, you know, he can go out there and do extremely well. But these are not easy races. Like Chris, what the hell are you doing? How are you, how are you making it through all these things and getting stronger as the season goes? I would, I would die. So, you know, there's a resource for you right there. Take advantage of it. Yeah. So anything, any other questions for you coming out of this? Uh, yeah, no, that was, that was kind of the big thing that started brewing. I think, uh, yesterday as I was climbing that mountain, Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is, this is good, but I want to keep it. I'm already starting my training a month ahead of when I normally do. That's fantastic. So I'm very stoked about that. Yeah. John, you, when's your first race? Um, I think I'm probably going to, uh, I was just talking with Ian. I hadn't, I, you know, I'm not a time trial guy, but I, I'll, I'll do Michael Myers just because it's the team. just because it's yeah. a team and, and it's, it's a fun race. We're all there, you know, we're all there together. Um, uh, the first, uh, real race I believe is, uh, Gorge Gravel Render. Okay. So yep. what, do you have a, a plan right now that you've put together from like the time that we get back from camp to then? Um, yes and no. Um, uh, I, I have certain goals that I want to hit before then for sure. sure. But, um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's weather dependence. It's, it's dependent on yeah. other family things that come up. It's, it's, you can always have a plan. You almost can never stick to the plan that, that that's, that, that's yeah. the... you're kind of cut from the same cloth as me like you're willing to put in the time and the work but sometimes the work that you need to be putting in is going to be relying on the weather and if the weather goes bad it's like i i really don't want to do another three-hour trainer ride this year I, yeah. i've already done a couple of them and i don't want to do anymore it's just it's we terrible, all do it we, we all yeah, do it we you, have to do it you, but nobody really enjoys those really long trainer rides for sure no they just demoralize you yeah. so it's just one of those things that we're going to do our best we're going to go out there but it it's i don't know i'm just curious like what you're doing between now and then and and it sounds like it's a lot like mine you know family and life and all mm -hmm. that other stuff gets away but we're going to put in the work where we do and 
hopefully, fingers crossed, we, we do well. And I think you're going to do just great because you're crushing like always. Me, on the other hand, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Tim, what do you kind of hope to roll from this week? Well, like I said before, I haven't even probably only done a handful of rides over three hours. And so we've been doing that every day. Um, so I want to build my base because and the only thing I'm really good at is sprinting. So when I get to the end of a race and I don't have anything left and I can't sprint, then I can't do anything with it. So yeah. um, I want to build my base so that that's actually available for me near the end of a race and I don't have to watch you know, everybody else win. Because uh, I did, I think I, I only did four or five races last year and I was pretty close on a few of them. And if I had maybe 10 or 20 watts more base, I might have had it, you know. You were able to stay with the group without putting out as much energy yes. to stay in it. Yeah, yep. that's good. Do you have races on your schedule that you're kind of thinking about? Well, I'm going to do the time trial and then I'll probably do Banana Belt again because that was just fun. And those were my first two races. Uh, okay. Time trial is the first you know, non-road race. And yes. then Banana Belt was my first road race. And I liked them both a lot. So I'm definitely going to do them both. What other road races are on the calendar this year, Lance? <laughs> Besides PIR and Mount Tabor. I mean, Kings Valley's gone. Baker City. Oh, Baker City. Baker stage. City. Would you do, that's in June. Would you do a stage race? Maybe, but that's a big time commitment. Um, and it's further, it it's, it's across, it's across the state. So, yeah. um, and, and that's really hard for me to do. It's uh, really hard for me wise. to do as well. It's more of like a family commitment. Like I'm already leaving to go to a training camp and that's a big stretch for me and my family. If I were to tell my wife, Hey, I'll see you. I'm leaving on like Thursday and I'll, I'll see you on, you know, Sunday night. That's, that's <laughs> not going to go over well. So, yeah. Same here. It's yeah. just too much family stuff going on and, you know, I can get the work time off, but then it's like, well, why is it? you know, all put towards cycling and racing. So, yeah. you know, you, balance, yeah, you got to balance it, right? I kicked all my kids out of the house. It was, <laughs> that made it easy. Got to retire and be an empty nester. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. What else about this training camp, guys? What else do you guys want to talk about? John, you mentioned something before we started talking about how it would be nice to be able to have bigger groups here or other other levels of riders, you know, so that people, you, know, you don't have to feel left out to miss something like this. Yeah, I was just talking with a couple of guys on the on the ride today about this, in fact. Um, you know, some of you may know, I, I kind of organize the training camp every year, um, just kind of... Which we very much appreciate. Lot, there's not a whole lot involved, to tell the truth, but there is some organizational stuff that goes on with it. And... Uh, you know, for a large part, there's a core group of people that come every year, and that's great. It's it's fabulous to see the same guys and women in, in certain cases. Um, we don't have any women this year, unfortunately. I was thinking about that a few weeks ago, that it would have been... That's yeah, a bummer. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But um, hopefully next year. Um, but in any event, there's a core group. There's always a group of a few new people, and it's great to see new faces. It's great to have people that I have... I've, hardly ridden with either one of you guys until this week and it's it's been great getting to know to know both of you but yeah um i'd really like to see more people i mean dialed's huge right we've got a big team <laughs> we've got a lot of people who are interested in <coughs> racing and who are doing it for maybe the first time or maybe it's only their second year of racing and they're just getting into it um, 
you know, we've got a lot of juniors. The, the training camp logistically is difficult for juniors because they're in school. Yeah. And, you know, putting in this kind of miles in the legs uh, when you're 16, 17, 18 years old is maybe not the smartest thing. Um, but in any event, um, if we can get more younger people to come to the camp, if we can get more female racers to come to the camp, if we can get more people that are uh, not necessarily your hardcore riders who are going to go out there and do 30 or 40 races per year. Um, you know, people who are just a little bit more uh, getting into the sport. I think you come to something like this and it'll really open your eyes as to what as to what, uh, what, what's available. Yeah, so we talk about all these big numbers, and that, that's, that's going to immediately scare people off unless we have the chance to sit down and talk with them one-on-one -on -one and say, no, trust me, listen, listen, this isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. But that's still going to scare people off. So what's been really great, and we've had a really good job of this over the years past, like Chris Hannell, Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, for a lot of years was our route um, creator, and did a fantastic job of creating basically an A route and a B route for a lot mm -hmm. of folks to go yep. out to. So you could theoretically cut out, you know, 30, 40% of the ride if you just weren't feeling that day or you didn't feel comfortable going that far or whatever reason. And this year, and, it's no exception. And, and even this year, uh, Dustin, Dustin Gutrell put together the routes. Yep. Uh, Lance helped him with that. Um, there's an A and a B. It, it, it's kind of worked out this year. I think that we just kind of have all done the same, yeah. the same route together. But that doesn't have to be the case. Correct. We can easily, uh, and whether we call them A and B or one and two or whatever we call them, uh, there could even be some routes that are shorter yeah. th th than what we've done. And and there, there's no there's no shame in doing the shorter route. If you're if that's your level, if that's where you're gonna gain more mm -hmm. by by coming out and doing the rides at at that level, then then. I, I'm all for it. Yeah, Plus, we've had the van with us, which you can always just get in. The van is incredible. We've already talked about this, yes. but but it's it, the, just just having that available is is huge. Like, go back to Borrego Springs. Yes. None of us would have made the climb from Borrego Springs up to Julian without that van at the base of that climb, to, given to the refuel. temperatures uh, to to refuel, given the temperature and the. Uh, and the and the climb that we were about to do. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, John, but I came into camp last year in terrible shape, and when we got to Borrego Springs, I got in the van yeah. and had Brandy drive me to the top of the climb, and then I got out to do the descent. So I skipped like the 14 mile climb or whatever it was to Julian because I'm like, because I, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> And just as a side note, for a lot of the people that listen to this, um, you know, there's people who are on teams or in, in race. There's people that are just cycling enthusiasts. You know, this is still something that everybody should consider doing, just a, a cycling adventure or it could be a team training camp or it could be whatever you want it to be. Take notes. This is something that you can learn from some people if you've never done this before. Take notes and learn from the things that we're talking about here and the way that we go about strategizing here. And if you don't have a, a, a Brandy Hepler driving the Sagwagon van around, there are other ways to skin that cat. You just have to be a little bit more resourceful. You know, let Google be your friend and, and figure out where all the, the points of destination can be to stop to refuel and get water and use the restrooms and whatnot. You can do this and you yeah. can create all the different routes. But kind of going back to what John was saying is like, how do we get more people out here? I think one of the big things is there's a, a barrier of entry here when it comes to the cost of these things because it's not cheap to rent one of these Lola pads or whatever we're calling this thing. Um, but you can definitely find, you know, Airbnb or VBROs that are 
pretty economical and you can pack a lot of people in those and divide it out and it doesn't have to be all that expensive. When, when you divide it out yeah. among, you know, 12, 15 people in the house, it, it really is, is a lot more reasonable. Yeah. 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 You end up paying a lot less than you would to go stay at a Motel 6 if yes. you're by yourself. You really do. And you yeah. have all of the That's accommodations true. that come along with these, which is pretty fantastic. And, and uh, you know, we, we cook our own food every night. We don't, uh, wait, we haven't talked really about some of the logistics, but, yeah. but we, um, two or three people are responsible for dinner every night. And so they do the shopping and then they, uh, they cook the dinner. And so you only have to cook dinner one night and every other night you're, you got a free meal for you. And so we don't, we don't have to take the time and expense to go out to dinner. I mean, sometimes we go out maybe once, once during the week, just cause Correct. it's easier, but usually your meals are prepared for you. Uh, you're responsible for your own breakfast, um, you know. But but the meal part is is pretty economical as well. Oh yeah, is is is, is what I'm saying here. Yeah, I mean. John, you were on my cooking team, and so was Chris. And we went and we, we made food for everybody, and we did it the first night. And we're done. We get to kick back for the rest yeah. of the week and oh, have people great. like cater to us. It's fantastic. So, uh, um, what are some other drawbacks or some other obstacles that you think are holding people back from from doing this? It's a time commitment, right? It's just yeah. like everything else. It's a whole week. I mean, it's okay. So, granted, you don't have to do the whole week, and you don't have to do anything. But it, there are some people who come for half the week. That's happened a couple times now, and and that's fine. There's no stipulation. No, I, I, I'm I'm not going to be here saying, you know, you are a training camp and you have to stay for the whole week. Yeah. That's obviously not happening. It's your vacation, for God's sake. It's it, it's you need to think about yourself, and how do I want to spend my week? And uh, I want to I want to increase my fitness. I want to have fun with my friends. I want to get out of the weather, get get into some nice weather sure. for a week. And if and if those are all three things that you're interested in, then you yeah. should seriously consider it. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't always have to be states away on a phone uh, on a plane flight. You like for us, if we wanted to, we could just drive to Eastern Oregon, and chances are we're going to have much better weather in terms of like not having the rain falling out of the sky. Temperatures aren't going to be fantastic. Yeah, if we waited another month, it, we, the 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 temperatures would 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 definitely be more amenable. Yeah, and, but, and yeah. there's you know there's different ways you can do, it, but yeah. definitely getting on a plane and going to warmer climate that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I did grow up in Southern California. We had summer and summer light, so I. I I've heard of people doing training camps. I'm like, why do you have, I just go, go for a bike ride. You know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's just not quite as warm. But yeah, it, 40 degrees and rain for months on end is just crap. So get out of that. Go get some sunshine. Get some vitamin D. It does amazing things for your mood, for your temperament, for your fitness. It's all good. Gotcha. All right. What else you got? I like that. I think this is a good length. I think this is uh, a good discussion. Is, is somebody missing something they absolutely want to share about the week? Chris Surratt, more butt pictures? I, apparently there's a, a massive collection of pictures of my butt on Lance's phone. <laughs> so might be. Is, we'll be auctioning those off. <laughs> we will be auctioning them off. Uh, um, any questions from the, the newbies over here? Any, anything that you guys are still kind of curious about or anything that you're like – Wondering, like, hey, why does this part of my body hurt so bad? <laughs> you guys good on chamois cream over there? Oh, yeah, I brought all the stuff. Um, not really any questions, but um, just uh, it's been all positive so far. I mean, I've had some uh, struggles with cramps because I like I haven't ridden very this long, you know, for several days on end ever. Uh, but I'm kind of pulling through those now, and, and I feel good. 
Um, Wasn't it day two that you said this was my longest ride I've ever done in my entire life? Oh, the very first day. The very first day. This is the longest ride I've ever done in my entire life. And and here's Tim still hanging on, still doing it. Just to back up about, you know, I don't know, 20 years or something. When I did sports, I did track and I did sprinting and I did basketball, which is like you run for 10 seconds and then you, you know, you set up a play and then you run for 10 more seconds. So, you know, and, and then... I've been doing this for, you know, seriously for a little over a year and, and a little bit before that, but, um, you know, not seriously, but, um, you know, you can pull through it. And, um, what was your draw into cycling? What, what got you hooked? I've just always kind of liked them. And then I just finally had the time and money to do it basically. Um, gotcha. Cause you know, it's, it's mostly the time commitment. Cause I mean, you can go out there and get yourself a, you know, a used road bike and, you know, some of the people with the old ones are the fastest, you know, there's proof of that sitting all around us. Um, so, uh, but anyway, I just, uh, I finally took the time to, you know, put into myself, into my fitness to get back to how I was when I was younger. But back then it wasn't three hours of fitness. So I really struggle over those two hours, you know, anything over two hours. Gotcha. And it's really, it's really coming together, I think. How about you, Dan? You didn't really get into your background on like how long you've been riding and what you're, uh, what you're most into. Yeah, I uh, high school and college, I was a competitive distance runner. So I ran the five and 10,000. I probably ran as many miles in a week as a lot of people bike. Um, so, you know, for me, endurance sports is like, I'm like a sled dog. I like to just go. Um, I've tried to play team sports and they just don't get me going. Uh, but hammering with a group of guys at 20, 30 miles an hour is right there for me. Um, and I, I didn't really get into biking uh, until five years ago. I started a new job in downtown Portland, and I decided, you know what? It's nice out. I'm going to ride my bike today. It's 15 miles. I'm pretty sure I can do that. I had no idea, but I, I thought I could. <laughs> so I made it down there, and I was like, sweet, that was fun. And then about midway through the day, I was like, i got to go home. So I kind of got into this routine where I was like, okay, I can do it down and back every day. Um, and I remember asking my brother, I was like, hey, there's a, there's a century coming up in a couple months. Do you think I could do 100 miles? And he was like, yeah, sure. Sure, of course you can. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Which uh, one was it? Uh, it was Harvest Century. It's okay. in September. Okay. It's really gorgeous. Can be. Can yeah. be Oregon? Yeah, yeah, you go yeah. over the, uh, the ferry. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely... Uh, Disregard that. Okay, I guess the hot the pockets are done. Dying. Just keep going. Yeah, it's okay. No, it, it, it was gorgeous, but it was it was torturous because I'd never done 100 miles. And around 75 miles, my legs were cramping. I was just, just I finished though, so I was like, okay, well I can do that. So that set my mind to I can do cycling. I can do this. That was like a barrier in my head, and I you know I rode through it, and now I now I ride. So, at what point in time did you hang up the uh, competitive bodybuilding? Uh, competitive bodybuilding. Wow. <laughs> I, I started lifting weights in the army and, uh, I, I got, I got pretty into it. I was pretty strong when I was 30, but you know, you get heavy. Yeah. Your, your joints pay the price. Were you still doing that when you were getting into the whole cycling thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I could the, deadlift so those two overlapped pounds. a little bit. I could bench 300. I was very strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, your knees can only take so much. Oh, yeah. Your shoulders, my right shoulder is junk. So lifting things with it now is like not realistic <laughs> i think you and i just became better friends <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. A pair of shoulders yep there's, there's parts of my body if i don't take my glucosamine every day uh, i know 
I missed a day. <laughs> <laughs> We're all aging ourselves right yeah. now. So. Very cool. All right. We're going to do one last thing. If you guys have listened to the podcast before, you know that that's how we finish it up. Um, Matt Legrand's not here. I'm not going to be able to pick on him. Did he, did, pick on him. Did he put out a video this week? I have no clue. I think he put something out. I can't remember what it was. but You right. should know that. He's, yeah, he's one of our best friends. Well, maybe we'll figure that out. Lance, you want to do one last thing first? Uh, my one last thing, I'm skipping the last day um, of training camp because I'm going, I've am going. i got a meeting with Peyton Manning. He's, you know, because I'm, I'm name dropping. I really don't have one last thing. So, Does Dan, he know? Dan, yeah, oh, Dan, who are you talking to? This is Lance Romance here. Don't you think that Peyton Manning knows who Lance friggin' Hepler is? If he does, he'll be on the podcast next week. <laughs> All right, we'll start with you over there, Dan. One last thing. Um, it can be anything, whatever pops in your head. Yeah, uh, wear sunscreen. Oh. <laughs> there are a lot of things in life that you can skimp on. That is not one of them. <laughs> can I ask what brand you were using so I don't ever buy that for the rest of my life? I don't know. I Wait. think it was from the discount store. It you, said SPF 50, so I thought I was okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have Irish blood in you? You're like one of the whitest people I've ever met. <laughs> and my gosh, you burned badly on the that first two days. <laughs> Shooting, grab baby oil. I mean, I was it's all lathered up and glistening. I was all shades of the uh, wrong side of the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> we actually even came up with a special team award for him. So it's the Dan Beal Award. The Dan Beal Award. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to have like pink socks next year for that. So <laughs> you get a nice big vat of aloe vera. So. You know, I learned a thing. I knew the thing, and I learned it even more this week. So. Gotcha. Cool. All right, pass the mic over to Tim. Tim, you got one last thing. Go. I don't have much. Ride your bikes. Have fun. Ride your bikes and have fun. That's yeah. always a good mantra to live by. Mr. John Hatfield, one last thing. Best thing about training camp? What's that? You can eat. You can, you can eat whatever you want. As much and <laughs> whatever you want for a week. Real quick, how many calories per day are you typically oh, that's burning? That's a good question. I... I, you know, I'm I'm really poor at counting calories. Um, well, no, on, on, on your rides, like how many kilojoules converted over to calories are you yeah, expending yeah, when yeah, you're on the yeah, bike? Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't follow that. Is oh, what you, oh, you no, don't? No, no, I thought no, you were talking no, about I, counting calories in general. Yeah, yeah. Off, off. Um, these these day uh, on these these rides, it's, it's like around 2,500. It, it's that's it's a good the, average, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's 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 in that range. But but the thing is, you can just I mean like you can just Eat as as you need to yeah. in, in the in uh, when you're training. So. And, and if you don't, you're gonna pay the price the next day. Yeah, honestly, you're not gonna feel good. And for a lot of folks, I mean, if you're counting calories, you're probably gonna be somewhere in that like two thousand to twenty five hundred calories per day, and then you're better burning another twenty five hundred calories on that for the day, and then you have this total massive bank of calories that you can um, pull from. That makes mm -hmm. it for a, a nice day of just like grazing and eating good food. Yep, good stuff. All right, Chris Rat, one last thing. All right, uh, I know we kind of talked about it a lot, but I would anyone that's even if you're not a serious cyclist, just a cyclist, find a way to just take a week and dedicate it to riding your bike, eating, and recovering. Um, you know, you learn so much about your body's capabilities and what you can do. You can do way more than you think, and you, you just kind of fall in love with playing on a bike. You know, that's the that's the cool part about this whole week. It's just playing on bikes you know it's it's really an experience so gotcha um we've we talked about this a couple of weeks ago you were at cycling house and yeah. you were with a bunch of people that come for like a cycling vacation it's not necessarily a training camp it's more of an experience how how do you 
how are you going to compare and contrast the, the two? Yeah, Cycling House was more like luxury riding week. You know, we were doing 40 or 50 miles a day, which, man, this sounds like really stupid, but it wasn't taxing me that much. <laughs> like 40 or 50 miles a day wasn't all that much, and it was only five days long or so. Um, I, No offense, guys, but the food was better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the food was kind of amazing on a cycling trip like that, but... Um, but it's just, it's just a different experience. This is, this is really about a fitness build and a fitness bump and race prep Mm -hmm. than, than just vacation and, and the cycling house week, which was phenomenal, was more like bike vacation. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to say that, um, Chris Rat kind of sold my, my last one, last thing here, but, um, I'll just elaborate on that. Treat yourself really. You, you deserve it. You get one life and to have experiences like this is uh, hard to replicate. What makes it even better is if you can do it with friends. And that's probably the biggest takeaway for me for these whole training camp things. It's like how much I enjoy just being in the company of really good friends, like-minded people that are, you know, passionate about the same things. And we get to come and have a good time. And we've got a great group of people to do that with every single year, year in and year out. And I love it. Good stuff. Yes. I said it twice. No. Dang it. Look at my <laughs> quota. I haven't actually said that in a while, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think that's good. Cool. All right. We'll be back with another one of these next week. And until then, bye for now.